This is Fiat Vox, a Berkeley News podcast. I'm Ann Bryce. While Fiat Vox is on summer break, we've been revisiting some of our favorite episodes. This one is from 2018, about how fungi could be used to mitigate human-made problems, including pollution and homelessness. Okay, here's the episode. For Sonia Travaglini, mushrooms are her life. And she says they're everywhere, even though they don't get nearly as much attention as they deserve. I would say fungi have been the hidden cousin to all of their more popular cousins and brothers in the biological world. Travaglini is a PhD candidate in mechanical engineering at UC Berkeley. Her research is all about developing and testing novel mushroom materials. So what we do is we get mushrooms who like to eat all sorts of things in nature. They're nature's recyclers. And they like to eat up all sorts of industrial wastes. There are more than 5 million species of fungi, and each one likes a particular food. Some like sawdust. Others like plastic. Some can even digest heavy metals. After the fungi eat their meal, what was once just waste turns into a new, natural, and compostable material that can just be left to decompose or can be used in all kinds of practical ways. So this is the basic block of the material here. The type of mushroom that Travaglini works most closely with is the Ganoderma lucidum, also known as the reishi mushroom. And it's been called the mushroom of immortality. But when it's not providing a magical cure for aging, it eats sawdust. Okay, so when you're looking at this, you can actually see some sawdust in there. Is that right? Exactly. And that's because we decide exactly how much of the sawdust it eats. Here's how it works. Say you're at an industrial site where there's a lot of sawdust waste. To get rid of it, you can sprinkle a couple of spores from a Ganoderma lucidum into a pile of shavings. If the fungi are allowed to gorge for several weeks, they'll convert all of the sawdust to mushroom flesh, creating this heavy, solid material that can withstand a lot of force similar to wood. And at first you just see little tendrils growing out like the roots of a tree. And after a while, all these roots kind of intermingle and link up and they start to make this cellular material. If the fungi are allowed to gorge for several weeks, they'll convert all of the sawdust to mushroom flesh, creating this heavy, solid material that can withstand a lot of force, similar to wood. If they're stopped before they're full, say after just a week or two, they create a lighter material with a lot of sawdust still mixed in. And after it becomes the type of material that growers are looking for, they have to denature it. You have to kill the mushrooms. To do this, they take the mushroom substance, they put it in an oven and bake it at 70 degrees Celsius or about 160 degrees Fahrenheit. This new material can be made into different shapes, like small bricks, and it can be used for all sorts of things, like insulation in walls, packaging, building furniture, even as a leather substitute. 
ultimately when you make products from animals it takes so much energy just to get there and of course it's not very fair to the animals so by using something that actually wants to get rid of waste for you because that's what it loves to do all of those sort of ethical questions are resolved and you're also putting in so much less energy which means you're not causing as much greenhouse gases and just sequestering carbon into those materials. So you're literally helping stopping the planet overheat. There are two companies in the U.S. working to use fungi to create everything from faux leather handbags to wine coolers to packing supplies. One is MycoWorks in San Francisco and the other is Ecovative in New York City. For the past few years, UC Berkeley has been collaborating with MycoWorks to test the strength and durability of their products. So, do all of these products smell like mushrooms? The answer is no, for a couple of reasons. First, the materials aren't actually made with mushrooms. They're made from mycelium, which are like the roots of fungi. They don't smell like the mushrooms that you'd grow in your garden or buy at the store. The mushroom part is like the pungent fruit of the fungi. And second, the material is denatured and dried, which leaves it nearly odorless. Travaglini says it might smell a bit woodsy, but definitely not mushroomy. And she says that the possibilities of using fungi to mitigate all sorts of environmental problems are far-reaching. Take an oil spill, for instance. You can get bags of straw that have been soaking up, for example, crude oil spills, let them loose with a mushroom that particularly likes crude oil and straw, and then they will actually eat all of that up, break it down, contain any unsafe materials, and just digest it. And then when you're finished, you can simply use them as fertilizer. And she says there are specific fungi that not only like to eat crude oil and straw, but that also thrive in any given climate. There's a fungi for everything. There is literally one or species or more or several where they are not only particularly interested in the feedstock you want to get rid of, for example, crude oil, uh, but will also really enjoy the temperature you're at. Fungi could also be used to clean up landfills or make toilets safer in developing countries. Travaglini says that fungi even have potential to alleviate different social problems like homelessness by eating extra materials like cardboard to create a more durable material that could be used to build houses. To stop the structure from breaking down from moisture, she says the material can be covered in latex or shellac. Why aren't we using mushrooms for everything right now? Well, they're just growing. (laughs) People are just becoming aware of fungi. And although it's all around us, it's even in our guts, it's on our skin, it's in the soil around us. It's just one of those kind of hidden wonders that people haven't really tapped into yet. I wonder if mushrooms eventually will just take over the world. (laughs) I think one might have an argument that they already have. (laughs) They're so included in everything we do, so they're really already there. But so far, they're our friends, not our enemies. Here's to staying on good terms with fungi. 
This is Fiat Vox, a Berkeley News podcast. I'm Ann Bryce. You can find a transcript and photos from this episode on Berkeley News at news.berkeley.edu slash podcasts.